Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 48. Now, if you have a red-letter edition of the Bible, it shows the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus are in red letters, so it separates them from other things, so we can tell what it is that Jesus said, what he did not say, okay? Just so that we can make that differentiation. And in verse uh, 38 of chapter 5 of Matthew, it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We've all heard that, okay? And that basically saying, what you do, you get what you deserve. You're going to get what's coming to you, okay? But Jesus says, I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Well, wait a minute. Jesus says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Wait just a minute. Just a minute. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So let me get this straight, Jesus, red letters. You want me to be giving away and to not hold this guy, this lady, responsible for what they have done to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now this, this causes even the most mature Christians, man, that trips them right up. That'll make you, that'll make you do a face plant right on the cement. Okay? I tell you, do not resist. So listen to the commands that Jesus says to us. Let's pick out the commands part of things. So in verse 38, do not resist an evil person. And it continues, turn to them the other cheek, and then hand over your coat... Then walk with them two miles and give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow. Do you see the thematic results here? Do you see the giving, the generosity? And what he's saying here is, friends, vengeance is not yours to handle. But it's mine. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. So why does he do that? It takes away from us the ability and the right to hurt somebody else back. There's not to be any of that in the kingdom of God. There's not to be any of that in the kingdom of God. Because if we do the same things, well, let's just read on a little bit further. Verse 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was a common saying back in these days. And so, so Matthew is saying, you've heard this saying, okay? 
But Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What? Love your, wait a minute. Love your enemies, hold everything. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Who is going to hold these people responsible for their actions, for their deeds, for their words? Whose job is that? That's the Lord's. That's not ours. That's not our responsibility. God has has removed through Jesus that responsibility and that right to condemn other people for their actions because Jesus himself has assumed the right to revoke our debts and what we deserve. Jesus has taken upon himself and covered those things. And so we, though we have the we should have been condemned, the wages of sin, it says in Romans, is what? Death. So what we earn according to the Bible when we sin is death. We deserve punishment for rejecting for disobedience we deserve punishment that's what we earn the bible says but the gift of god is eternal life the gift of god is eternal life so jesus is saying love your neighbor or excuse me love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now listen to this. This, friends, is where the rubber meets the road. Verse 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? You see, if we only love those who love us, we're just like everybody else the non-believers, people that don't know Jesus. And so, in that case, we would look the same. And I would venture to say to you that very thing happens in the church, in the family of God, that we forget about this stuff and we lean towards the easier stuff. And because of these things, People that don't know the Lord, maybe that don't go to church, they look at us and they say, what? You, you're doing the same thing I do. You're doing the same thing that I do. Why would I want to go to your church? Why would I want to be a Christian? Why would I want to follow Jesus when you're doing the very same things that I do? I don't need that. I don't need that. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? All right? So in here, he's giving an example. Now, we know that tax collectors in those times were, in a sense, betrayers of the Jewish community. They were members of the Jewish community who were working for the Roman government, collecting taxes 
for Caesar and, and take stealing. They're, they're not, so if Caesar said, okay, this, you got to take 50 cents of every dollar. Let's just take that. 50 cents of every dollar. The tax collectors would add another 25 cents to that, and they would take 75 cents of every dollar and pad their own pockets. And so you can imagine the hatred of their own people towards these people, these tax collectors, because of their betrayal against their brothers and sisters. And so Jesus is saying here, are not even the tax collectors showing love to those that love them? All right. So he's saying even the bad guys are showing love to those that love them. Okay? Everybody does that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than everybody else? If you're nice to those that are nice to you, if he's nice to me, I'm going to be nice to him. If the guy that lives next door to me is nice to me, then I'm going to be nice to him. And if he's not nice to me, then I'm not going to be nice to him. And so creates this downhill spiral, if you will. Jesus says, no, that's not for you. No more eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Jesus yanked that one right out. And he is saying, love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Jesus says, Let's read a little bit further. Do not even the pagans do that. What is a pagan? A pagan is basically a godless person. A person without any morals or scruples. A person without God. And and they were evildoers, basically, okay? And in verse 48, Jesus says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's not your job, your job to hold people accountable for their sins. That's not your job. That's not my job. That's the Lord's job. He'll take care of that stuff. We are to show love for our enemies. And we are to pray for our enemies. Man, that just gets a hold of me. That messes with my brain. That messes with everything that's inside of me. That just don't seem right. But you see what happens when we take it upon ourselves. I'm going to help you, brother and sister. You may remember this scripture. Let me help you with that little speck of dust in your eye while the whole time there's a what? A whole big plank sticking out of my own eye. Here I am. I'm going to help you become perfect because I got it all together. It ain't that way. It ain't that way. We don't have the right to fix other people's faults because we ourselves are dirty. We are guilty. The only one that has the right to do that is the Lord. The Lord. And so Jesus is saying... In the family of God, don't let these things exist. Put those things right outside of your mind. Give those things to me. Do you know that you can give those things to God? 
Do you know that? You can, you can actually say, Lord, I need you to take these things because my flesh wanted to hurt somebody right now. <laughs> yeah? Ain't that the way it is? Our flesh, man. Ooh, ooh. We want to hurt somebody. We want to we beat them up with what we say, if not our fists. Don't we? We want to teach them a thing or two for what they've done. Oh, go on it. Let's read, uh, let's read Romans chapter 12. I love the Word of God. Have I told you that? Romans chapter 12, verse 10. I'm going to start in verse 9 just to kind of set things up a little bit here. And the heading of this is love in action, love being acted out. Okay? Verse 9 says, Let us, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And here's the focus in verse 10 be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. That means setting someone else up higher than you. That is a sense of humility. That is a sense of submission. Amen? Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and so on. Let's turn a few pages here. Let's go over to Romans chapter 14, verse 19. <clears throat> chapter 14, verse 19. It says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Now, edification is simply building each other up. Lifting each other up, encouraging each other. So, what is being said here? Let us do everything within our power to build up other people and bring peace. Be peacemakers. Be peacemakers. Mm. In a sense, we are to pursue these things. We are to pursue peace. We are to pursue the edification of the the building up of each other. And that is our responsibility, friends. That is our job. Not pointing out others' faults and where they fall short. No. Our job is to build each other up in love. To build each other up in love. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice! 
Now listen to this. Listen to this. Strive for full restoration. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Do you want God with you? Do you want God with you when you're driving in your car? Do you want God with you in your home? Do you want God with you in your workplace? Do you want God with you in your church? Strive, friends, for full restoration. (laughs) Pursue restoration. That is assuming, that's implying that there has been a rift that there has been some sort of separation, some sort of hurt there. That's being implied here by the the fact that he's saying strive for partial restoration. No. Full. Strive for full restoration. Restoration healing. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. Friends, that is God's will for his church, for the body of Christ. That is God's will. And then the God of love and peace will be with you. That's what we want. You see, the word of God brings a lot of checks and balances If we want to be forgiven, then we must forgive. forgive. Give and you shall. Do you see the balances that God puts on things? Well, we all, we want to do the receiving part. That we like a lot. Yeah? I like that receiving stuff. I can get used to that. All right? But with that, we got to give. It is better to give than to receive. We need forgiveness. We want forgiveness. And so we have to also forgive. Yeah. Mm. Aim. Strive for full restoration. Acts 20, verse 35. It is better to give than to receive. And Jesus gave that great commandment to us in John chapter 15. This This commandment I leave with you, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Now remember, Jesus was giving that new commandment as he was ready to be crucified. He was ready to be separated from his disciples. And he's preparing them I'm going to be leaving you very soon. And where I'm going, you can't follow me. You can't come with me. And so I'm worried that when I leave, you're going to come against each other. You're going to, you're going to want to hold each other accountable for each other's shortcomings. But he says, I don't want you to do that. Because that's going to cause trouble. That's going to cause pain. And so what I want you to do is look at each other with love. Love each other as I have loved you. And how has he loved us? Oh, man. 
He took upon Himself our burdens. And He didn't commit those sins. We committed those sins. And yet, because of His love for us, He took them upon Himself. And He gave His life for you and I, friends. Love one another as Christ has loved you. Bear with one another. Be patient with each other. Show love to those that hurt you, that persecute you. Show love to your enemies. That is a lifelong work, a lifelong practice. With each time that you are hurt, it starts over again. And what we're doing, we're getting into the practice, friends, of keeping those things at the feet of the cross. Do you understand? We, with, with each hurt that we endure, we have to get into the practice of bringing those things before God. Because our flesh, our, our human side of us wants to react immediately. And how, how many of you know that the human side of you, our flesh we call it, our flesh wants to defend us? Yeah. When we are wronged or hurt in some way, that flesh just rises up like a mighty warrior and wants to knock everybody else down and hold them accountable. God says, love them, pray for them, pray for them. That is how we are to respond. So, you may say, some may say, well, that's the weak thing to do. You're a wimp if you don't hold someone accountable, if you let God do those things. How do you know God's going to hold them accountable anyway? We think like that. What if God, in his great wisdom and his great love, lets them get away with that stuff? That's his, that's his thing. And if you remember, you remember that guy Jonah? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Jonah was told by God, go to Nineveh and tell them about their sin, and I, I'm going to or else I'm going to just wipe them off the face of this earth. And Jonah says, Lord, I, you know what? This is what's going to happen, Lord. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go through all this hell to get there. And when I get there and I preach to them, you're going to forgive them, and I'm going to look like a fool because I said if you, if you don't seek God's mercy and ask forgiveness for your sins, then God's going God's to wipe you right out. And if you don't wipe them right out, I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah? And so Jonah tries to get away from what God was telling him to do. But the whole underlying message of that whole story is God's love for Nineveh, though they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve it either. And neither do we. Neither do we. And so God, in His great love for us, has sent Jesus 
to bear our burdens, to bear our sin upon Himself so that we could be made clean. He paid our sin debt. We must also then show love and forgiveness toward the family of God to those that sin against us. It is not easy, and it takes great strength, and it takes faith, and it takes exercise. Yeah? Exercise in forgiving others. We keep bringing those things to God. Let me tell you something, and I'll close with this. When you... I have done this a number of times. And let me tell you what begins to happen. You start praying for somebody and you're reluctant to do it because they're, you don't want to pray good stuff on them. You want to pray hell and damnation on them so they get what's coming to them. That's the kind of prayer you want to pray. <laughs> right? Ain't that the way it goes? Come on, bring the fire down. Come on. But at first you might pray those kind of things, but you kind of go through the actions because God commanded you, not because you wanted to, but because God commands you to pray for them. And so so you begin to do that, all right? And at first, you're mumbling and spitting and sputtering while you're praying for them. But after a little while, you find that your prayers begin to change. And you're praying for blessings on them. Though maybe at first you don't really feel that. But you begin to pray God's blessings upon them. You begin to pray that God would show them, guide them, that God would use them for his glory. And pretty soon, what has happened to me is a love begins to grow for that enemy, for the person that hurt you. A love, a sincere, deep love that... None of that stuff matters anymore. This is what happened to me, friends. None of that stuff, the hurt that they caused, none of that matters anymore because I have this deep, sincere love for them. And even to the point to where it's more, I kind of lack the words to say this, but you feel more love for them because it's like you forgave more. You've got a lot more invested in that. Does that make sense? You've got a lot more invested in that relationship because you you had to forgive more. Does that make sense? And God makes something beautiful out of something so terrible and hurtful. Only God does that. Only God can do that. That is the attitude we are to have to each other. Would you stand with me today? Brother Bill, would you... Come and lead us in a song. God knew what he was doing when he gave us these commands. He knew the way we are. He knew that we tend to be prideful. He knew that we more so notice others' faults than our own. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Right? And he knew that we would tend not to forgive. 
And so he tells us over and over and over, we must forgive. If we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. We must show love over and over. We must show love not only to those that love love us, we must show kindness to those, not only to those that are kind to us, but to those who are cruel to us, even to those that would, that would uh, persecute us, to those that would be our enemies. And friends, when you show these things, people see the love of Christ shown in you, and they say, man, I want some of that stuff. I want some of that stuff. What a shame it would be if we left here today without being able to respond. Let's face it, friends. We need work in this area. I need work in this area. We all do. And there, I'll bet that you can name one or two, maybe more people right now that you have angst against, right? And you have some trouble with them, probably because something that they have done. Maybe that hurt you. I would challenge you today to bring those things right down here to this altar and to just lay that down before God and say, God, I just, I'm tired of carrying this burden. And let me tell you, that is a heavy weight to bear. And what it does is it, it eats at you. And physically, that unforgiveness will cause sickness and disease in your life, physically. Because you're carrying that unforgiveness. Don't do that. There's no need for it. God doesn't want you to do it. Just bring it and just, just lay it at the foot of the cross here today. Just come. All, so many of you come. You know that there are things in your life, some things that you're just holding on to that just irritate you. Let's, let's just bring those things today. Will you join me today at this altar? And let's just lay these things down before God today. Father, we just come before you today, and, and Lord, we recognize our inability to do these things on our own. We need your help to do that, Lord. And I pray for each and every soul that has come forward here and those that are in their seats today that may be carrying that unforgiveness, that hurt. I pray that you would help us to forgive as you have forgiven us, Lord Jesus. Help us to show the love to others that you have shown to us. Help us to forgive freely, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord. We need you. And Father, today when we leave this place, may we carry the light of your love and that message, that gospel message of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. May we carry that with us and dispense it and just give it away. Just give it away to those that need it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.